you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you so much, Fellowship Baptist. Wow, this thing is tall. Goodness. Man, I was hoping it would, it was just a mirage or something. No. Thank you all so much for uh, having me this evening. Uh, if it looks like I'm nervous or if it looks like I'm scared stiff, uh, that's fine. It's because I am. Okay? So, uh, uh, now that I know what kind of church this is, it's okay to say white and not white up here. Um, my, my beautiful wife, Miss Cassie, would you please stand? This is my beautiful wife, Miss Cassie. Um, absolutely. Man, I tricked her. I tricked her, man. She married me. No, I tricked her. Uh, no, uh, we're expecting our first, and uh, so you can clap for that, too. We're expecting our first, and uh, a lot of you know that that's horrible. A lot of you know that that's horrible. No, um, but uh, I'm kind of wondering what the baby's going to look like. You know, she's white. I'm dark white. You know, I'm kind of just, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, it's just kind of, that's just kind of how it is. Um, I would like a couple of things to happen uh, before we begin tonight. Uh, if you work in the bus ministry, uh, youth ministry, or children's church, would you raise your hand? all around the room. Would you keep them raised? It is because of you that I'm here. You can put your hands down. It's because of people running buses. It's because of people who work with youth ministry. It's because of people who work in children's church that I'm standing here tonight behind this pulpit where many great have stood. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. A church with a bus came to pick me up. Where are the young people at? Is this the young, is this the teenage section? If you're a teenage, if you're 12 and above, would you raise your hand? Okay, I see you, you, okay, 12 and above, okay, 12 to 18 years old, let's just go that way, okay. God is still calling young people. God saved me. It was free. I did nothing to earn it. If God's calling you, Will you answer? God called me to preach at Silver State Baptist Youth Camp in Sedalia, Colorado, up in the Rocky Mountains is where I met my beautiful wife. I ran from that for a long time. I beg you, don't run. Don't run. Fellowship Baptist Church is very special to me. Uh, as a in youth ministry, my youth pastor would bring us up to your youth rallies. He'd bring us up to Amen Conference year after year after year. Thank you, Fellowship Baptist Church, for being Fellowship Baptist Church. There's all walks of life in here tonight, I'm sure. There's all uh, manner of color, all manner of stripe, all manner of life uh, background. Uh, I don't know how many of you were saved out of a sinful lifestyle. I don't know how many of you were born into a Christian home. But let me tell you this. It took the exact same grace to do that. The exact same grace. Thank you, Fellowship Baptist Church, for being an influence in my life. Your pastor uh, has been an example to me, uh, and I'm so thankful to be able to preach behind this pulpit where he has preached, where Brother Tyler has preached, where men like Dave McCracken have preached, right? <laughs> where men like Carrie Nance have preached, men like Ryan Thompson have preached. It's a privilege. Young people, God wants to do something in your life. Would you let him? Because he gives you experiences like this. That's something that the medical field won't do for you. Don't get me wrong. We need uh, Christian people in medical fields. Don't get me wrong. But those are growing in increase. We need laborers for the harvest. Okay? We need laborers for the harvest. Thank you so much, Fellowship, for allowing me to be here tonight in your pastor's uh, absence. I hope I do it justice. Uh, I know the men that have preached behind this pulpit. And uh, I, I've only been doing this for a couple of years. 
but I've learned a couple of things, is that it's not my message, it's God's message. Amen? And I know what you're probably thinking, uh, what does this 13-year-old have to say to us? I know. <clears throat> I know. I look young. Don't get me wrong. I look young. So that's why I kept this, and you can barely see it. That's why I kept all of this. I didn't shave. Okay? So maybe there was some credibility. You know, come on, work with me. Maybe there was some credibility there. And uh, no, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I surrendered my life uh, to the ministry at 21. Uh, it was shortly after we were married. And uh, I was uh, finishing up my degree uh, in instrumentation, and I was planning to work at an oil refinery. My wife, uh, before we were married, she was uh, uh, in a school where she was learning uh, to become an actress. She was a thespian. Any thespians in here? Of course not. Absolutely not. Nope. Uh, but God had a calling on our lives. Uh, I was a semester away from graduating. Uh, she was on a straight track to Broadway. But God called us to ministry. God called us to people. And uh, I've looked back a couple of times. And I, I've wondered what, what would have been. And I wonder what, what could we have bought? What could we have had? But it would never have given me this. It would never have given me this. God wants to do something in a life tonight. I don't want tonight to be another Wednesday night. I don't want tonight to be another time where you come and go. I want God to do something in your life tonight. Uh, uh, my, my job as a preacher is to exalt Jesus, and I hope that I do that of justice tonight. My job tonight is to hopefully to be a blessing to you. That's, that's all that I want. But if you've come tonight to hopefully change your life just a little bit, that won't happen unless you let God do that for you. So I hope that tonight would be a night that you remember. I hope that tonight would be a night that uh, you can look back and say, because of that message or because of that, something that he said or because of uh, a verse in the Bible that he brought out, I, I just see things a little bit more different. Uh, would you stand with me and turn to the book of uh, Psalms, Psalms chapter number 46, please. Psalms chapter number 46. Is it okay if I move these? Where is, is it okay if I put these down here? Yeah. Psalms chapter number 46. In these last two years, I've seen my mom saved. I've seen my dad saved. I've seen my brother saved. I've seen my brother-in-law saved because of this. Tonight, if you are running from God, tonight, if you are holding on to that pew for dear life because you don't think that you can be saved because you've done so much wrong, because you've done so many things in your past, let me tell you something. God is the only one that can save you, but he can't save you unless you let him. This book will change your life if you let it. Someone wise, very much, very wise said, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Use this book every single day. Fall in love with it. Read it. Meditate on it. Tonight, if you're not saved, tonight, if you don't know, that if you were to die tonight on your way home and you would spend eternity in heaven, I'm hoping that you'll get that settled tonight. Yeah. Or, or you say, people have thought that I've been saved for 60 years I can't say anything different now. Those 60 years won't matter for eternity. Eternity is a long time to have been afraid. If that's you tonight, I hope that you get that settled. Psalm chapter number 46, verse number one. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, will not we fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Would you look at verse 10? Verse 10 of Psalms chapter 46. still and know that I am God. That was awkward just now, wasn't it? Say something. Do something. It's out of our human nature to be still. Our our spirit, it's hard for it to be still. It was awkward because we're not used to being still. Would you look at verse 10 one more time? Be still and know that I am God. Father, I want to preach a great sermon tonight. My Lord, don't help me preach a great sermon. Help me to be a blessing. Lord, there's somebody here tonight that, that has been running from you for years, that has been running, you, running from you for hours. There's somebody tonight that Their life is in shambles and nobody knows about it. There's somebody tonight who has that secret sin that they don't want anybody to know about. Lord, would you change a heart tonight? Would you change a life tonight? I'm thankful that your word gives us so much information about our lives. But Lord, through all the commotion of life, through all the trials in life, through all the the noise and through all the movement, would you help us, Lord, to be still and know that you are God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for Fellowship Baptist Church. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege. Thank you for your grace. Pray, God, that you would empty me of sin and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And would you touch that one tonight that that you know needs to get right. Praying, Father, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Well, even as a young boy, I had done some things that I already had regretted. Um, You don't have to live very long on this earth to make some decisions that you regret. Uh, Even as a little kid, I was already seven or eight uh, years old where uh, I had already stolen something, I had already lied, I had already uh, done so many things that I had regretted. There was already so many things that I had done in my life that in some moments that God just wanted me to be still in. He says, "I I know your sin is taking you here and there and I know your sin is stirring you up, but I need you to be still and know that I'm God. God gives us a a couple of verses tonight in the Psalms on just how to be still. And I know that the circumstances in somebody's life is probably impossible to be still. Let me tell you something. God is able. He is. But you must let him. Uh, There's been some things that I've done in my life that that I, I regret. There's some things in your life that you have done that you regret and you feel like there's no coming back from. God has an answer for you. And you think that that all that stuff is going to disqualify you from the grace of God. You think that all that stuff is is a point of no return. Can Can I challenge you with something tonight? Would you let that go? Would you be still? I know that there's someone in here tonight that their husband probably left them long ago or their wife probably left them long ago or that teenager has... There's just been such a problem lately. 
or that baby was miscarried again, or the adoption didn't go through, or the house is not getting paid, would you be still? Would you let God take control of that situation? He gives us a man in his word who was, who was victorious. David had, had conquered so many different things in his life. And in the midst of all that, God still tells him to be still and know that I'm God. He tells him to be still. And I'm sure that you can think of several times in your life where you've just been so anxious, where, you've, where you, there, there was times where you couldn't even sleep at night, where there was times where the physicality of the circumstances just kept you up at night and, and, and made you uh, the, the physicality from your stomach. Let me tell you something. God is sometimes going to allow things to come into your life to stir you up. But he wants to tell you this, to be still. Uh, I know that there's probably somebody in here tonight that says, well, you haven't lived very much life. Uh, you don't know what it's like to have a mortgage. You don't know what it's like to have a teenager. You don't know what it's uh, like to own a business. You're absolutely right, I don't. But I know a man who has done a lot with his life, and God still told him to be still. Tonight, I, what I want you to walk away with, and, and I hope I leave a good taste in your mouth, don't get me wrong, I, I hope to be invited back, but more than anything else, I want to help you to learn how to be still. How to be still. So, so when life is just not going as planned, how can we be still? I want you to walk away being able to say, I will be still even when my circumstances are not. I will be still even when my circumstances are not. I will be still even when my circumstances are not. So when life is just not going your way, when life just takes a turn for the worst, Whenever you, whenever you finally find out about that, whenever you, whenever you finally catch your teen in the act, whenever you finally uh, find out that you're going bankrupt, how can I be still? How, how can I be still? Well, number one, can I tell you this? Be still by letting God be strong when you're weak. By letting God be strong when you're weak. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength. Can I pause real quick and just say this? Uh, he's a refuge, and refuges don't discriminate. Whether you're guilty of sin and running to this refuge, or whether you're innocent as the shed blood and running to this refuge. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what you're doing now. I don't care where you're going to go after this. I don't care what you were doing before this. God says, I am your refuge. I am your strength. I know you feel weak. I know that those bills are getting too big. I know that teenager is just causing that much stress. I know that the house is in foreclosure. I know that the business is going under. In times when you're weak, let him be strong. In times when you're weak, 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, Therefore I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. 2 Corinthians 12.10. He has a supernatural strength. He has a supernatural strength. I know that you think within myself, I've tried this before. I've tried to really get my head around. I've tried to really purpose myself. I've tried to really, uh, uh, in my own strength, uh, just try to uh, will this thing out. I've tried in, in my own flesh. I've tried uh, all this self-help. I've even tried the medication. I've, I've tried all these different things. But have you called upon a supernatural help? Have you called upon a help that is way beyond your ability? Have you, con have you called upon a help that is way beyond your even uh, your thought process. Because Exodus 13.9 says this. Exodus 13.9, And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine, head, uh, upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong 
hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. A strong hand. A hand that can move millions of people here and there. A hand that can manipulate situations here and there. Can you depend on a supernatural strength? I know that, I know that uh, times are going to get tough. I know that bills are going to get high. I know that uh, circumstances aren't going to be ideal. When I am weak, then am I strong. He's called, Paul has called upon a supernatural strength. A strength that can't come from uh, even a conversation with somebody. It's a supernatural strength that we ask God directly for. You say, well, I, I just can't do that. You can do that tonight. You can do that right now. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what, uh, uh, what circumstances face you at home. Uh, I don't know what your history says about you, but I can tell you this. When you're weak, then you're strong. When you're weak, then you are strong. Depend on his Holy Spirit day by day. Whenever you get out of bed, before you get out of bed, you get right with God and you tell him, Lord, I can't do this again. I can't do this anymore. Before you get out of bed, before you talk to anybody in that household, talk to God first. Say, Lord, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of having to go back to this day after day. God, I'm sick of having to face that person day after day. God, I'm sick of seeing that bill and that card still overdrafted. Be still. Even when your circumstances aren't, be still. When you're weak, that's whenever he becomes strong. Acknowledge that, that he is what can lead you. Before you ever get out of bed, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do that morning. I don't know what you're going to do that night. But you tell God, God, I'm sick of this. I, I, need, I need supernatural energy. I need supernatural peace. Because I just can't keep doing this. This has gone on long enough. These things have been going on in my life long enough. I don't know who, who here has, has, just, uh, uh, has just such a horrible past. Uh, I, see lo- uh, I see tons of grace in this room. A couple of your stories I know. God can save you out of that, just like he can save somebody from that. You call on this supernatural grace. Call on this supernatural natural grace. He has a strength to raise Jesus from the dead. He has strength to bring something dead back to life. You may say, well, I'm alive in Christ, but I'm kind of sleeping right now. I, I'm kind of tired right now. I've been saved. I've, I've, I've done all the right things. I've served in church. I've, I've gone to the bus route. I've, I've been involved in youth ministry. I've, I've led singing. I've prayed publicly. But there comes a time in your life where you just can't do it anymore. Where that circumstance in your life is just really, really destroying your life. If God has the power to raise somebody from death to life, he can change your situation from bad to bad with peace. I would would much rather live in a storm with the presence of God than to be in peace and calm without God. There's going to be things in life that you go through. They say, God, why are you allowing this? Why, why would you let me go through this? Why would you let me see that? Why would you put me with that person who ended up cheating on me? Why would you put me with that man that ended up leaving me? Why would you put me with these kids who don't want anything to do with you? Be still and know that I am God.
When you're weak, let him be strong. When you're weak, let him be strong. Say, okay, well, I'll do that. But what do I do about these feelings? What, what do I do about my emotion? What do I do about the way that, I, the way that I'm uh, uh, breaking things down in my head? What about, what about that? What about this, this deep-seated uh, uh, depression that is, that is seeping into my soul and my spirit? No matter what I try to do, it won't leave. Secondly, would you be still by letting God settle your emotion? Be still by letting God settle your emotion. Verse 2 in Psalm 46 says this, Therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Whenever you let God settle your emotions, whenever you let God do his supernatural work in your life, you're going to have this peace that overshadows you. And things are going to be crumbling around you, and you have no idea how you have this peace, how you know that God is in control, how you know that whatever God wants to happen, he will let happen. Whatever he doesn't want to have happen, it won't happen. And then your friends and your coworkers and your family is going to see that things are going pretty bad in your life. I wouldn't blame you if you stopped going to church. Things are going pretty bad in your life. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't blame you if you quit your job. Fathers, let me tell you something. Your children deserve a dad that no matter what your other kids do, no matter how the job goes, they still need a faithful dad that's going to bring them to church, that's going to pray with them. They still need a faithful dad. Moms, now that my wife is pregnant, I think about this a lot more. What happens if there's a deformity with the child? What happens if there's a miscarriage? What happens if, if, if she has to deliver a, 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 an unborn baby? What happens if she has to uh, deliver a dead baby? These circumstances in her life are not out of God's control. They're out of ours. But the things that are out of our hands are still under his feet. The things that are out of our hands are still under his feet. All that can be happening to you, and you still have this peace that passes all understanding. You don't understand where this, this peace is coming from. You don't understand how you can feel this way. You don't understand, but God will give you that kind of peace. He will give you peace that passes all understanding. And he'll keep your minds and hearts through Christ Jesus. This word keep, having the idea of guarding or safekeeping. He will guard your heart. And he'll make sure that this peace that passes all understanding overshadows you. And you walk around day by day having this peace within you. That you have no idea how it's happening. You have no idea uh, where it's really even coming from. But you know that it's peace that passes all understanding. You can have that kind of peace. You say, well, I've been searching from that, for that peace uh, at, the, at, at the bottom of a bottle or, 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 or in my arm. I, I don't know where you're searching for that peace. But let me tell you something. Stop searching for it there. Start searching for it here. Because I can promise you, God will give it to you if you want it. If you want it. You say, well, that's going to take a lot of, of habit-changing Probably. But I've never served God for a day and regretted it. I've never been a Christian for a day. You say, well, you're going into full-time ministry. You're going you're to be a pastor someday. You're, uh, so you have to live that kind of life. That's just a normal Christian life. Peace that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.7, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's going to be some things, and we'll see that in a moment, that strike you with a gut-churning, sleep-losing fear. And it'll follow you. Unless you ask God for peace that passes all understanding. That spirit of fear, that spirit of doubt, that spirit of the not knowing. If you're like me, I'm a control freak, man. I, I, I like to plan the, 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 the year, the month, the date, the hour, the second. I, I'm just that way. My wife can more just kind of fly by the seat of her pants. Um, I'm just not that way. So for a control freak like me, a verse like that helps. Where are, you, where are the control freaks at? Would you raise your hand? You're not going to raise your hand because you don't know that it's you, right? Some of them are, are, are man and woman enough to admit it. Well, let's all face it. God's going to let some storms come into our lives. Well, you know what he's telling us? Be still and know that I am God. He says, be still. He said, that's impossible. God will never tell you something. God will never tell you to do something without giving you the ability and the strength to do it. God will never tell you to do something that he will not give you himself. Luke 8, 23 through 25 says, But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he, being Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Can I pause right here for a moment and say, there's going to be some things in life that naturally happen because that's kind of the, the flow of life. Um, your, your teenage daughter is eventually going to grow up and get outside of God's will and marry somebody. I'm about to have a child. I don't know if it's a girl, but let me tell you something. It's not God's will that she get married. Okay? And there's going to be some things that are going to be natural. And, and you're, and, and you're going to you're going to have this fear, this, this uncertainty, this uneasiness. But would you be still, even whenever your circumstances aren't? I look at the teenagers right here, and, and I wonder how many of them come from an abusive home. Uh, I wonder how many of them uh, are raised around uh, an abusive dad or, or, or a, an uncaring mother. I, I look at, in this crowd right now, and I wonder how many of you have prodigal children. I wonder how many of you haven't spoken to your child since they left the house. I wonder how many of you haven't spoken to that man or to that woman since of that big fallout. I don't know how many of you have, haven't spoken to that niece or that nephew since you sold them that car. I, I don't know what your situation is, but, but can I tell you something? God can mend that. God can do something with that. But in the meantime, would you be still? And would you... Don't let that situation cause so much turmoil in your life. Don't let that situation cause so much uneasiness and so much uh, 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 unrest. God's telling you, I want you to be still and know and have a certainty that I am God. And if I can calm the, the, the natural elements of this world, and if I can defy the natural elements of this world that I created, then I can calm you. Sometimes, God doesn't change our situation because sometimes God wants to change us. God's not always going to uh, uh, totally just solve it for you. He may want you to grow. Uh, the, a study was done that 
two trees were, uh, were, were planted. One was planted outside, one was planted inside. The tree outside flourished within the years. The tree inside was safe from all harm, was safe from the conditions of the outside world, grew up a little bit, and died. Sometimes the things that God sends into our lives are for our growth. It's, it's to be able to sustain us. Uh, let me tell you something. I told you before we, before we began, I've seen my mom get saved on uh, September 10th of 2017. I saw my dad get saved uh, December 18th of 2017. Uh, I was able to preach the message that uh, he responded to God to. I don't know what it was about the thief on the cross and what it, what it was about ver, uh, uh, verily, verily, I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I don't know what it was about that message. Can I tell you something? I don't know what it was about this very message in 2018 in March that led my brother down the aisle. I was able to preach two messages on a Sunday evening and watch my brother and my dad walk down that aisle and receive Christ as their Savior. My parents and my brother are now faithful, faithful members, baptized members of Bible Baptist Church and faithful tithers. Faithful to be there, faithful to serve, faithful to give, faithful to love. I've seen a lot of victory in my life. I, I've been part of a lot of the victory, but let me tell you something. There's going to come a day whenever my wife gets into a car accident, and I pass that car accident on the way to the hospital. The officers tell me, don't look, don't look, and I say, no, let me see what happened. It shook my world to the core, not knowing if my wife was dead or alive. They wouldn't tell me. One verse came to mind. Be still and know that I am God. I've seen victory, and you have too. I've seen some situations. I've been in some circumstances. You say, well, you're very young. You haven't had kids yet. You haven't owned a business. You haven't this. You haven't that. No, but I, I've lived long enough to know that God will show us victory, but he'll also show us some circumstances. And in the midst of those circumstances, he wants us to be still and know that I am God. I'm going to be still, even when circumstances around me are not. I'm going to be still. The Christmas story, if you turn to Matthew chapter number one, Matthew chapter number one. To finish those verses, Luke chapter eight, he said, and I'll just read them to you, he said, and he said unto them, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. If nature will pay attention to him, I feel as though maybe we should too. He says to fear not, I don't know how I'm going to do it, Lord. You're commanding, it. You're commanding me to fear not. I'm going to try my hardest to fear not, but I need your peace that passes all understanding in my life. The Christmas story is, is a great example of how still we need to be whenever circumstances come. Matthew 1 and verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, before they came together, she was pregnant. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to, 
make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear, what's the next word? One more time, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Whenever God brings a circumstance into our life, there will be sometimes terrible emotions. He wants to call our emotion to Him. I know that it's hard whenever you're crying yourself to sleep at night, wondering how this happened. How am I going to be still? Give God your emotions. Give God your emotions. It says, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. Even Joseph, even at Christmas, or the beginning of the Christmas season, An angel had to come to him and tell him to be still. Mary, his, his fiance. Oh, where are the newlyweds at? Newlyweds, um, married one to two years. You, right here? How many years? Two years. When, when, was your, when is your anniversary? Okay, what's your favorite holiday? Christmas, okay. Now your anniversary is your favorite holiday. Okay, that's just how it is, right? You're welcome, man. You are welcome. All right, I'm coming to the Amen Conference and I'm saying that. Your anniversary, your wedding anniversary is now your favorite holiday. The woman that he so deeply loves, for all he knows, has been unfaithful to him. I know we're in mixed company tonight. For all he knows, she has cheated on him. I can't imagine whenever Mary breaks this news. Joseph, I'm pregnant. And obviously you're not the dad. What? His thoughts are running. His heart is beating. His heart is racing. The emotion is just so filling him. He says, Mary, I, I need to go home. I, I can't look at you right now. I can't talk to you right now. I need to go home. And whenever he goes home, I can imagine he probably sits on the couch like you probably have before, and you're just... And the thoughts are running, and your heart is racing. You have no idea what you're about to do. You have no idea what's about to happen. But what does it say? Let me find it. He says, and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt not. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, uh, which was spoken of by the Lord. Uh, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep. Somebody could tell you different. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not uh, um, 
a, a deep theologian. I'm not Charles Spurgeon, but let me tell you something. What I see in this is that he probably went home and cried himself to sleep. He was so hurt, the sorrow was so filling him, that he cried himself to sleep. Parents, grandparents, teenagers, there's going to be some things in your life that happen that are going to rip you apart. It's going to shred your emotion. Reality is probably changing for you. Be still, even when circumstances around you are not. The angel said, go ahead and marry her. You need to marry her. He said, okay, I will. And guess what? He, they both got what they both desired in the end, to be married and to have other children. But even Joseph had to be still. Christian, let me ask you tonight. There's an area of your life that you've already thought about and you're already thinking through it where you need to be still, whether that's in finances, child rearing, the death of a spouse, the death of a child. I, I don't know. But there's an area in your life where it, it's, it's, it's convicting you already. I need to be still. I need to let God be strong when I'm weak. I need to, I need to give my emotion over to God. I need, I need to let him have this. Thirdly and lastly, be still by letting God speak in your quietness. Be still by letting God speak to you. In this transition of your life where you're, I'm going to be still. Let him speak. Let him speak things like this, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are they called according to his purpose. A famous preacher once said this, and I'll read it to you. He says, in one of his prayers with another man, he said, oh, I hate flour. Oh, I hate flour. I hate baking powder. Oh, how I hate baking powder. I hate shortening. Oh, how I hate shortening. I hate salt. Oh, how I hate salt. He says, but dear God, when you put them all together and you mix them up, I sure do enjoy a hot biscuit. Amen. There's going to be different elements in your life. There's going to be some different things that are placed into your life. There's going to be some different things that God is going to let you go through. All of those things that you wish didn't happen, maybe 20 years from now, you'll be grateful that it did. To give thanks in all things. Whenever that child is rebelling, thank God for it. Thank you, Lord, for letting me learn. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this child. Whenever you and your husband are fighting, thank you, Lord, for giving me a husband. Thank you for giving me somebody to fight with. Thank you, Lord. Whenever that car accident shatters your world. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do through this, but thank you. We did some of our most passionate witnessing inside of a police cruiser and inside of an ambulance. I'm ashamed to admit that was probably the best witnessing we ever did. It, it came back to me uh, a couple of months later that my pastor had told me I've I ran into the man that picked you up from work and drove you all the way 15 miles to the hospital to go see your wife. And 
He didn't know that I was your pastor, but he went on and on about this young man who wouldn't stop talking about Jesus, who wouldn't stop talking about how he has peace, who wouldn't stop talking about how he knows that his wife is saved and on her way to heaven if today's the day. He says it was you. You never know the kind of influence that you're going to have. I heard of a, in the 1950s of a young boy who was helping his pastor. He was helping his preacher build a new pulpit. And man, that preacher, he was going away with that hammer and that nail. And that little boy, every time he'd pick up that hammer and nail, he would just watch. He would watch that hammer go up and down and up and down and up and down. And the preacher finally looks up at him and he says, says oh, you, you, you like carpentry, do you? And the young boy says, no. I just want to know what a preacher says whenever he bangs his thumb with a hammer. <laughs> your children are watching you and how you respond to things in your life that shake you up. If your kids are grown and gone, you are still parenting, and they're still watching your faith. The teenagers in this, in, in this, uh, in this sanctuary tonight are looking at the older generation and wondering, is this thing even real? Where's their faith? There's a new generation of Fellowship Baptist Church coming up. There's a new generation of Bible Baptist Church coming up. Your pastor will not live forever. The youth pastor will not live forever. They cannot ride on their faith forever. In 50 years, if the Lord tarries, there'll be a new pastor here. Who knows if it would be one of these teenagers? Who knows if the next pastor's wife is sitting in this auditorium as well? They're watching your every move, little do you know. And they're wondering, is this thing real? Is this thing real? Be still by letting God speak in your quietness. Telling you things like Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. I know that day by day, you don't know what's going to happen, how this situation is going to escalate. But you do know this. I don't care how my situation changes, this never does. And he's still telling me, to be still and know that I am God. Be still even when your circumstances are not. Let God speak to you in your stillness. Let God speak to you while, while, you're still, while, you're, while you are still, so that whenever the rage comes, you can hear him as well. A famous preacher once said, you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're just coming out of one. We all find ourselves in that category somewhere in our lives. But can you say, Lord, would you help me to be still? Would you help me to wake up every morning and just let you have my emotions? Let you have my future? If you're not saved this evening, Lord, you can have my soul. It's because of his death, burial, and resurrection that I'm standing here today and that we're all here today. There's a power behind the gospel. There's something to it. If he has that kind of power, then he has the power to get you to be still. Tonight, I don't know what you need to be still about. But I hope you would be. You say, well, all that might be good for you. All that might be good for preachers and all that might be good for the older generation. Can I tell you something Hebrews says? Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday, and forever. The same God that pulled those people out of Egypt. The same God that parted that Red Sea. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead is telling you to be still. He's the exact same God. He's your granddaddy's God. He's your dad's God. 
He's the exact same God, and he wants to do the exact same things in your life if you let him. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't want you wandering about aimless when you're in a spot in life that is rough. He cares about you. He cares about you so much. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 through 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. 1 Kings 19.12 says, And after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. I'm going to be still, even when circumstances are not. I'm going to give God my emotion every morning. I'm going to give God my future every day. You don't know how this situation is going to pan out. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen the next day. But you know what you're going to do tomorrow. And you know what you're going to do the next day. You're going to be still. And you're going to know that he is God. Thank you so much, Fellowship Baptist Church, for allowing us to be here this evening. Um, I know that the message was a little bit heavy but I know that there's somebody in here tonight that needed it. I hope that tonight you'd go home and you talk with your spouse or you talk with your kids and say, kids, this is something we just need to be still about. I don't know what God wants to do, but we need to be still. I, I know that God is going to do something in our lives if we let him. But we're going to be still as a family. I'm going to be still as mom and dad. Be still. I'm going to be still, even when circumstances are not. Thank you all so much.